Uh, this is the second week, the second Sunday after resurrection. And um, I entitled our message tonight, Is There Anything Wrong With Anything? Now, if your answer is no, you can close in prayer and I'll see you next Sunday. But if your answer is there's plenty of wrongs with many things, then maybe, just maybe, we need to talk about it and, this, and see what the Bible has to say about it. Resurrection is, we celebrate because it's the proof, evidence for us believers of Jesus Christ that our Lord and Savior is alive. Amen? Amen. Resurrection is proof that everything that God said before the crucifixion and during the resurrection are all true. Amen? Amen. Including the, 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 when he was raised, ascension, and then the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. One of the songs said that, the power of the resurrection lives in us. Amen? So the question is, for us Christians, are we living our Christian lives according to that truth? Now, the title and the question that I would like for everybody to think about, is there anything wrong with anything? Now, to come up with the answer to this question, one must honestly look at their past, at their past and in their own current circumstances or circumstance or situation. You have to look into it honestly. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because the world doesn't revolve around you. I know that's a surprise for most of us or some of us, but it doesn't. It do, the world doesn't revolve around us. What that means is not because there's nothing wrong with our lives, not because our lives and our current situation is, is all peachy, it doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with the world. Amen? Maybe, right? Now, to come up to an honest and fair uh, standing on this, this question, the categories of right and wrong, because there's, there's that word wrong. So for you to categorize right and wrong, there must be an authority. An authority to distinguish good and evil, right and wrong, Right? You will have to decide for yourself what that authority should be to determine the categories of right and wrong. Because that's how you would see it. That's how we are supposed to make assessment of things. Now, as Christians, what determines right and wrong for us is the Word of God. Amen? Amen. First charge of the pastor to the church tonight or this afternoon. So how much do you read the Word of God? And if you say, I read it every day, so how much do you obey everything that you read and you hear from God? Because that's, this is the one that tells us what right and wrong is. And the wisdom that we get, get from the Bible, that's how we see the world. When we look at the world, when we look at our friends and our family, when we look at the situation, we can determine what right and wrong is based on the Word of God. Now, if I can have your attention for 22 seconds on the screens, 
um, I grabbed this video. I saw this video and I thought it was such a powerful video. And I said, man, I, I was praying like, Lord, give me a time where I could use it as my preaching. And I, I, I hope it works. Here we go. Uh, this is the message of the video is what, that we have to look at a situation in, in, in a circumstance in all angles. That's the charge of the, the person that made the, the video. And, and, not, and for us to not make quick and rash decisions based on what angle we're looking from. Right? We're looking in. So that's the, that's the whole message of the video. But I have another take on it. But I'll add it, but please. An watch. event seen from one point of view gives one impression. Seen from another point of view, it gives quite a different impression. But it's only when you get the whole picture you can fully understand what's going on. So you get it? An angle shows that a guy is just charging at a girl. Another angle shows that the guy is going to grab the bag from the, the other guy with the hat. But the full picture from the top shows that he was actually trying to rescue the guy. Now please turn your Bibles over to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5 is what I'm going to be reading from. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. If you're there, please say amen. Some, the, the turning of the pages, it's good noise, isn't it? For the young ones, I'm like, what pages? I just turn into my cell phone. Wait until those websites are taken down. <laughs> All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 reads, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening, this afternoon. Thank you for the songs that prepared our hearts. We thank you for your people for bringing them here safe and sound. We pray now, Lord God, for your message to be delivered by your Holy Spirit. As your people hear my voice, Lord God, I pray that their souls hear your voice. Please speak to them. Please speak life to us, Lord God. Please give us clarity. Please give us discernment. Please give us wisdom. And Lord, give us the humble spirit in order for us to accept and receive your message. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, now, being sheltered in America, right, you would say that you, us being in America, you're sheltered from most of the pain that the other countries experience. Amen? 
I would say so. Most of us will not know the real meaning of difficult times. A difficult time for some of, some of you, or a tragedy for some of you, is your cell phone running out of battery and you don't have a charger. That's a difficult time for you. That's a tragedy for you. So for some of you, it's not having the latest iPhone. Or it's having an old car and your, your car is a 2019 and you're saying, oh, my car is old. That's a tragedy for you. But most of the world, they know what difficult times mean. Some of them know what tragedy means. For us who are sheltered, meaning nothing is wrong, we have money in the bank, our career is up and up, we have homes, we have the heater running during wintertime, we have the AC running during the summertime, we have gas in the car, we have new tires in the car, we have four cars and there's only two drivers at the house. We have plentiful, we have the abundance. So we don't know what a difficult time is anymore. We don't know what tragedy is anymore. We don't even know what hunger is in this country anymore. But some of us, we came from that life in the past. We know what difficult times are. We know that when it comes 3 o'clock in the afternoon during summertime, we will lose power because there's a rolling brownout, is what they call it in the Philippines. There's power is going to be lost for 12 hours because the country is trying to save power and electricity. So you learn to what? Deal with it. You're going to be hot? Well, use the pamaypay, the paper, right? You're going to be hot? Take, take your shirt off. Maybe go outside and talk to some of your neighbors because there's no TV. And there was no cell phones during that time when, this was, when I was there. I know that was a difficult time for me. But that was an easy time compared to when there was an earthquake in 1991. It was 7.7, I think. Very strong. I would rather be 9 point, you know. Felt like 9. I thought the world was going to end. <laughs> I was making confession as I was shaking and then running. But the difficult time there was we had to camp outside our houses and deal with the aftershocks. And the government was nowhere to be found. They showed up a month later giving relief goods, like a plastic bag of canned goods. So if you didn't have any can opener, you're screwed. You're going to have to learn how to open it with a knife. So I know that the rolling blackout was an easier time compared to the earthquake time. Some of us here in America were so sheltered, we don't know what difficult times are or what it means. The tra tragedy is, is your fav favorite YouTuber dying. Although that life, loss of life is a tragedy, sure. But you know, for you, for, for you alone, now, there's the question again earlier is, is there anything wrong with anything? The problem when there's nothing wrong with anything in our lives, we forget God. We forget Him. God is an afterthought. God is not so important because everything is peachy. Everything is good. 
You know, even the homeless people here in America have it better than some people in the Philippines. Because here, the homeless people here, they just need to be in schedule. They just have to meet the schedule and they will be fed. They will be fed on a timely manner. They can count on it. And they don't need to be homeless actually for a certain, at, at nighttime. They just need to be there at a certain time. And they will be sheltered. In the Philippines, you know, I have friends there when they pray, thank you for this food. It's because that's the only time that my friends were really eating. When they say thank you for this house, because I have friends that there are six of them and they were living in, in one, a one-bedroom studio type, but it's really just a makeshift studio because it's underneath the, the staircase of the apartment complex that their dad works at. See, when things are good, which is America is full of bread. We're full of bread. There's an abundance of blessings. And we forget to whom those blessings came from. And we have completely neglected Him. That's the first thing that's wrong. Is there anything wrong with anything? The first thing that's wrong is we've forgotten about God. And then the one that we read there is just, wow, the, godless, the godlessness in the last days. If you have it in your Bible, you saw everything there. If you don't see that happening right here and right now, then you don't have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. If you don't think that there, there is a problem with people loving themselves, it says there, people will be lovers of themselves. The selfie generation. You know, before, before you have to actually ask someone to take a picture of yourself. If you, I have friends who love taking solo pics of themselves. But they actually need somebody to take a picture for them. Now we just have to do it on your own. Right? Watch your profile pictures. You, you know, you have what? 30,000 profile pictures? <laughs> Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. There's more... There's more people wanting to be millionaires now than ever before because they think they, the only way for them to fill their life with, with, with happiness and that they can call themselves successful is if they become millionaires, if they are filled with money. Ungrateful, uh, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Now, is there anything wrong with anything is the question. And in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 reads, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Again, believer, the charge, that charge is on us. It's not to our unbelieving friends and relatives to know what the Bible has to say. It's on us. We are the ones that will help them understand that they are in the wrong path. Because the Bible is spiritually discerned. For the, for the world, everything that's written down in the Bible is foolishness. But for us, if we have the resurrected Christ in us, if we, are, if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you, me, us, we have the Holy Spirit. So we are the ones that can discern, understand 
receive this for what it is. And it is our responsibility to share that. So the question, is there anything wrong with anything? The problem that I would say is Christians don't do their jobs, our jobs, our job to share the gospel to the world. We have forgotten that because we are too comfortable. We don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. I like it when your friends like me too. I like it when you like me. But I will have to rock the boat if you are doing something that's not according to the word. It's my duty. And it's not love if I don't tell you. That's the, the time that I become unloving to you. If I treasure or hold more or value more of our peace rather than you being right with God, you should view it the same way. Is there anything wrong with anything? The answer is yes. We know that there's plenty of things that is wrong out there. Is there anything wrong with anything? We know based on the Bible that, that our friends and our family that, are, that, are, that have not surrendered their lives to Christ are still lost. And we know that it's our responsibility to share that truth to them. So that's another thing that's wrong. We are not doing our part. Why? Because we're comfortable. You know, when uh, this is for, I'm going to date myself, but you know, my gray hair already gives me that, um, give that, gives that away. But remember when MapQuest was a big thing? <laughs> MapQuest was, was invented and then along with the internet, right? And, and gone are the days to be lost, it seemed like. Because now you can just go to the internet, type in the address that you're going to, and then print it out. And then have it with you in your car, and no longer will you be lost. Now, but did you really not get lost anymore because of all the technology? This was before, you know, again, we had the devices before too. We had the Magellan, right? We had all those navigational systems. But not everybody could afford them because they were too expensive. So, okay, granted, people were still probably getting lost. But now we have the iPhone. I'm saying the iPhone. I'm saying the iPhone only. The iPhone. <laughs> no, okay, fine. The Android also has it. Sure, sure. But we have the iPhone now, right? We have the iPhone and we have our favorite Maps app there. It's either Waze or Google Maps or Apple Maps for, for those of you. But did it stop you from getting lost? No. No, you would still get lost. You did not hear that voice saying, on the next light, turn right. You know why you didn't hear it? Because you were loudly singing along with Frank Sinatra's song, I did it my way. And then your, and then your thing says, make a U-turn. You're like, what? Because you were too loud singing the Backstreet Boys saying, I want it that way. Or you were too, the, the volume was too loud of the commercial jingle from Burger King saying, have it your way. <laughs> it doesn't matter what technology is out there for us at times. Because we are stubborn. We, when we're having too much fun, we don't hear anything. Our songs get too loud. 
Our songs in our cars, most of the time, probably not Christian songs. You don't need to confess to me. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> they don't usually listen to Christian songs. My children, get, they get bored when they drive with me over to when we take those long drives to Oregon or, or anything, anywhere. You know why? Because if I have the radio... It's either a podcast, which is messages from Tim Keller or Alistair Begg, or Christian songs. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes, is anything wrong with anything? Sometimes, yes. What, you know what's wrong? We don't want to listen. The problem is not wanting to listen. It doesn't matter if you have the device. It doesn't matter if you have the Bible at home. It doesn't matter how, if you have 12 Bibles at the house, one in every corner, one in every room, one in every car, one in every device. It doesn't matter if you have the Bible. If you don't pick it up, it, do, it do, doesn't do anything. It doesn't matter if you're here. If you're here sitting and you're thinking about the fight last night, you're like, man, I can't believe he lost that. You're not hearing me. I, I don't know who won. I, I hope it was Garcia. Nah. <laughs> okay, now we have to talk about no, <laughs> no, but see, anything. You could be sitting here listening to the message, but your, your, your mind's not here. You just drag yourself here or your wife forced you to be here or your husband forced you to be here. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you have the latest car device for, for a GPS. If you're not going to listen to it, you're still going to get lost. Is there anything wrong with anything in the world? Is there anything wrong with anything in the world? The answer is there's plenty, right? There's this uh, atheist, his name is Sam Harris. And I was looking for like material, you know, like to argue to argue with, with, with this question from the people that don't believe in God. You know, I, I wonder what they think about this question. Maybe they think there's nothing wrong with the world because they don't believe in God, right? Oh, no, but this Sam Harris, he's the apologist for the atheist. Uh, this is him talking, okay, I quote, Picture an Asian tsunami of the sort we saw in 2004 that killed a quarter of a million people, one of those every 10 days killing children only under five. Um, and it says it's uh, a thousand children an hour. So 17 or so a minute. And then he says here, and then he says here, um, so a minute, that means before I can get to an end of this sentence, some few children will very likely have died in terror and agony. Think of the parents of these children. Think of the fact that most of these men and women believe in God and are praying at this moment for their children to be spared and their prayers are not answered. End of quote. So notice that, right? Did you hear it? The atheist conveniently blames the God that he says doesn't exist for the tragedy of a tsunami. The atheist that says God doesn't exist called God a monster. This is his our, uh, debate that he had in Notre Dame in 2021. And he mocks God by saying that God is a monster 
But then he, the atheist, expressed the empathy that he had for the parents that lost the children. But he conveniently neglected to speak about the abortion and the millions of babies that gets killed by choice of those other parents. And he blames it all in what he said, a narcissist God and a monster for making child and human sacrifices in the name of obedience. So he, an atheist, doesn't believe in God, but blames God for all the evil things. I don't, I don't know if that even makes sense. Let's pretend I say I don't believe in cars. But then I blame the cars for hitting people that I love and killing them. That's what he's essentially doing. Now, again, the question, is there anything wrong with the world? Now, we said for us Christians, our authority to know what right and wrong is, is the Bible. Amen? And we believe that this is God-breathed. Right? All the things here are, are good for reproof, instruction for us, for, for our growth, for us to help each other, and for us to please God. Amen? And we believe that. So what does the Bible, how does the Bible answer this question? Is there anything wrong with anything in the world? And God answers it many ways, but here's one verse. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Now, what's wrong with the world? That was the question a British newspaper, The Times, invited various writers to answer in 1908. The shortest and most striking reply came from a renowned Christian thinker and writer. Dear sirs, I am... Sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. The Christian said that I am what's wrong with the world. The Bible makes it clear for us, church, that what's wrong with the world is sin. That is what's wrong with the world. And what, how does sin come in? By us people. We sin against a good God. You know, only the Christian God, only the Christian God, our God, the God of the Bible, made it a point. Remember the story of Job? In Job, the devil presented an argument to God when he said, Job only loves you because of the things you have given him. Take away the things that you have blessed him with and see him curse you. What did God say? I don't believe it. Remember? God said, do whatever you need to do with Job, but don't take his life. The devil constantly tells God that we only love him for the things that we get from him. The devil constantly tells that. The, he, the devil, Satan is called, one of his names is called the accuser of the brother. The devil constantly tells God, they only love you because of the things that you do for them. And God never believes that. But you know, since the garden and up to now, 
Since the garden up to now, remember in the garden, Satan said the same lie to us. God doesn't love you. That's why he tells you not to do these things. And you know the opposite result? We believe Satan at times. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember? Did God really say? Satan always will make you question. Is that the right interpretation? Are you interpreting that correctly? Is Pastor Joe reading that properly? Is that what God really say? Did God really say? He will make you question God's goodness. And the, the, the fault is, this is why we sin. This is why problems come in our lives because of sin. The, the problem is we believe that lie. God never believes the lie of Satan. God fights for us. God sacrificed himself for us. He constantly pursues us. But we constantly buy into the lie of the enemy. God doesn't love you. That's why he's telling you not to do that. He wants your life to be boring. That's why he tells you to be, keep it pure before marriage. That's wrong. Why do you have to wait for marriage to have sex? Why do you need to, to date a believer? Why do you need to preserve yourself? Why do you need to give back to God? Why do you need to be at church every Sunday? Why do you need to pray? You have everything you need. Why do you have to go to church again on Sunday? You were there last week. You're missing overtime. It's more money. Why do you need to give to God? Doesn't He own all things? You know, that's the, is there anything wrong with anything? Yes. God's people at times believe the lie of the enemy that God doesn't love us. When we are told not to do certain things, it's because God loves us. God sees the entire picture. Remember the video? It's God who sees the entire picture. Not just the, the, not just the situation, but the end of life for everybody. He knows how we start this race, and He knows how we're going to finish this race. And God tells us He has put all those commandments, those boundaries, so that we will be protected. He said, pray lest you fall, for the Spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. So how much do you pray? And then you fall into temptation. And then you said, oh my gosh, dude. I mean, I prayed. I prayed last week. I was at the prayer meeting for three hours. Three hours. Because <laughs> Joe had a very compelling devotion again. <laughs> we think, and then we say this. We say this, wow, I obeyed God all these years. I followed Him all these years. I've given to Him. But my goodness, He did not answer my prayer. And we blame Him. We blame Him. We question His goodness. We question His love. We question His intention. 
See, in theology, the doctrine of free will is very much alive. And it's very much true. We all, us Christians, we have the free will. We have the choice to obey God or not. To love Him or not. Why? Because without the free will, without the free choice, without that choice, we will all be just programmed robots. And that's not sincere. But because of free will, we get to express our sincere love to God. And God said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Some of you know that verse by heart. The show of our a proof of our love for God is how obedient we are to His commandments. Is there anything wrong with anything? Plenty. There's plenty of things that is wrong. This is what we read. This is 2 Timothy 3 to 1 to 5. Now, who's to blame in the last days? <laughs> who's to blame in the last days? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the ultimate authority in your life is Jesus. He is your Lord. Some of us, we only accepted Him as our Savior because we want to be spared from the consequences of our sins. But we yet to still make Him our Lord. Lord means we are enslaved to Him. Willingly. Not in shackles and begrudgingly, but willingly. Just like a spouse that is completely and utterly in love with his other half. Now He speaks to us through the Bible. God speaks to us through the Bible. If you want to hear His Word, read His Word. The world, the people who have not surrendered to Jesus are the ones that are causing these things. And then they blame God. Do we agree? Don't they blame God? They blame God for everything. They blame Christian churches for COVID spread. They, they blame everything to God. They say, I don't want to go to church because it's a bunch of hypocrites in there. But they don't say the same thing when they go to the gym and they, say, they see a lot of out, out of shape people. Because, right, that's what the gym is for. So that you can get in shape. That's what the church is for. So that you can get healed and change. This is a house of sinners saved by grace. This is a hospital for us. We are not perfect. We, that's, why, that's why we're Christians. We admitted that well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I need saving. My perfect Savior, Jesus has offered himself to me. That's why I am now a Christian. We never claim we're perfect. We, it's actually the opposite. But people blame the church. 
They call us hypocrites. They call us everything else in the book. But they don't see this. And look at the instruction here. This is the, um, I think this is the contemporary English Bible version. The end of it, it says here, verse 4 to 5, They will betray friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather, rather than God. They will act religious, act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Why? Why are we to stay away from people like that? I thought we're supposed to share the gospel to people like this. We are to share the gospel, yes. But the staying away means don't immerse yourself with them. Why? Because your brand new white socks, if you walk out of your yard, your muddy yard will not make your muddy yard white. But rather, your brand new white socks will be brown and dirty. So the instructions is you stay away from people like that. Is there anything wrong with anything? Have you enumerated those things in your, have you made a list in your mind already? Plenty, right? There's plenty of things that's wrong. There's plenty. You know, the other thing that's wrong is in Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says here, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. This is God speaking, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Is there anything wrong with, wrong with anything? The one thing that's big, the, one of the biggest things that's wrong is that we want God to be the God that we want. We want to downsize God to somebody that we can understand. Somebody, somebody that we can control. Somebody that meets our preferences. Somebody that will meet us when we need Him. And somebody that will leave us alone when we don't want Him. It's like a genie. Oh, Lord, give me that job, Lord, give me that job. In Jesus' name. Got the job. Yes, yes, got the job. Oh, uh, can you work overtime on Sunday? Sunday? Uh, okay, $65 per hour versus $40. Sure, I'll work Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Lord, give me a race. Give me a race. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? And then, and then we leave him alone. And then, and then there's, there's the resurrection Sunday. And there's, there's, there's another Sunday. And there's another Sunday. And we just say, I'm tired, Lord. The job you gave me makes me work too much. The house that you blessed me with is asking way too much for monthly payments. The children that you gave me spending way too much money. Right? We blame him. Then it's his fault. Lord, I told you to pay off my credit card bills that I spent last month, $35,000. But you didn't, so now I have to work. <laughs> We're blaming him like he spent the credit card. We want him, we think, that he has to adjust to our ways. And then we say this about gender. We say, Lord, you never understood 2023. The Bible was written down many years ago. It's no longer applicable now. God did not know 
Surely God didn't know that there will be more than two genders in 2023. And then us Christians, we give in. We give in like, oh yeah, we want to keep the peace. We want to be nice. We use God. We think, we think God needs to adjust to us instead of the other way around. We, His people, need to adjust our ways on how He tells us how to live our lives. The world is doomed. Do you agree? <laughs> some, some of you. Some of you probably don't want the world to be doomed because life's just way too good. And I, I agree, life's good. Right? For some of us, life is good. But you know what? For most of the people, life's not good. A lot of people are getting abused there that we can't help. A lot of people are getting hurt a lot of people need Jesus there, and we agree, but we don't share. We don't share. The world is doomed. Look at Isaiah 5, 20 to 21. Doom to those who call evil good and good evil, who present darkness as light and light as darkness, who make bitterness sweet and sweetness bitter. Doom to those who consider themselves wise, who think of themselves as clever. The world is doomed. Because the world thinks that they're smart, right? The world is so prideful. The world mocks the Bible. The world mocks the living God. The world thinks he knows, it knows all things. Life is so much better with the internet, correct? <laughs> yeah, I thought the internet was going to, really changed our lives. It did. It has some advantages. It does. It does, right? But it also has its disadvantages. But it's God that really makes us live our lives properly. The world now calls a lot of evil good. You know, I saw a video about a, a guy in drag talking to little kids, making it so normal for them to the point that this person told the child, you can be dragged too. And the boy was, is obviously scared. Are you scared of me? And the boy goes, I can see your mustache, you know, with this, this guy that's dressed up as a girl. But they're pushing this. They're pushing this, this agenda towards our children. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be alive when this really all goes to hell. But my children and my grandchildren, if you're not concerned, be concerned for them. If you don't see it, then you don't have discernment. They're calling evil good and good evil. And you're thinking there, wow, I thought I'd go to church today and get some encouraging words. Surely isn't one of them. <laughs> what a depressing message this is. But you know what? Is there hope? Is there hope? Some of them are saying, is there hope? Yes, there is hope. There is hope. Why? Because Jesus, 
Jesus is alive. In John 16, he says here, I've said these things to you so that you will have peace in me. In the world you will have distress, but be encouraged. I have conquered the world. Amen? Amen. Just like any Rocky movie, just like any Rocky movie, the hero of the movie looks like he's beaten up. He looks like a bad prune juice, you know? Looks like all beaten up. The eye is here, the other eye is there, right? But he's not going down. Rocky Balboa always wins. Just like God always wins. He alone will be the sure peace that we can have in this troubled world. Amen? Amen. He alone is the one that could surely give us that true peace, church. So don't be selfish of that truth, Christian. Share that truth to your unbelieving friends and family. Because when this world, when this world consumes them, and that false peace that they think they have is taken away from them, whether that false peace that they get peace from is their money or their health, once that's taken away, you are to give them Jesus. Hopefully, it's not too late, right? He alone will be the sure source of peace for this troubled world. Only through Jesus, only through Jesus can perfect peace be attained for all these troubles that we have. Jesus have won the war. Amen? Jesus have won the war. Is there anything wrong with anything? Yes, there's plenty of wrong things. There are many things that is wrong. But God knew about it, God knows about it, and God wants to help us to go through it. That's why He provided the Word to us. A set of instructions. That's why He told us, pray, because He listens to us. When we get down on our knees, He hears our prayers. So He says, come, pray to me. This world will be full of temptation. Pray to me and ask me for strength that you will go through this temptation unscathed. If we believe that there's anything wrong with anything, then we have to be aware and alert to share the gospel to our loved ones. Amen? Amen. Now, how do we make it? How do we make it possible for the people to believe what we say? if we're living it. Titus 2, 11 to 14, as we close, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day, when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Amen? Amen. He, gave, uh, he gave His life to free us from every kind of sin. 
Maybe we need to pause there. Are you still living in sin? Then you're living in a lie. Because God has given you the power to no longer live in that sin. To cleanse us and make us His very own people. Totally committed to doing good deeds. People that are saved by grace, not by works, are compelled by our good God to actually do good deeds as a result of our salvation. Amen? Is there anything wrong with anything? Yes, there's plenty of things that are wrong. But we, the people of God, are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life that is free from sin. And we, the people of God, are compelled by Him to share the truth, the hope, the peace that is in us through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. That is our message tonight. As the music team make their way up here, I'd like to give you the opportunity for those of you who have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You cannot save yourself from the consequences of your sin. Only Christ and the work that He has done on the cross can. The blood that He has spilled has been spilled for you as payment for the sins that you've committed. If you want to receive that gift from Him, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you have been visiting us for quite some time and you would like to become a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Let's all stand as I close us in prayer.